Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day, this is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking Care of Business. Today is the week before Christmas. Or the week after, depending on when you're listening to this. I was going to get to that part. Oh, okay. This is the one of the few <laughs> times of the year that we do one show that carries over twice. This is our uh, Christmas and our New Year's show because the message is essentially the same. Uh, like last week, we're going to have um, very little to talk about financial planning, none. And we're going to talk about what this is all about. George is nodding his head as opposed to saying something. Well, I just, I, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. That That's what the show is yeah. about today. We're, we're, we, we always end the year on sort of a feel-good note. Uh, again, as we've said a billion times in the past, we're a Christian-based financial planning firm. Uh, loud and proud, we stand firm on that, try and uh, direct our clients in that direction. Um, and, and, all, and everything that we do, we try and stand on Christian values. And so at the end of the year, we always like to take the last couple of weeks, Christmas and New Year's, to remind to remind people what the season is really about. And again, to remind to remind ourselves as well why we celebrate Christmas and what it is that our faith means. We tend to get um, so busy with the holiday season that we forget the, the true meaning. Now, if you forget the true meaning and you're an adult— Maybe not too bad because the adult can reel themselves back in. But when you've got young children, it's important that you lay the groundwork, the foundation for their Christian faith. And what better time to do it than at Christmas? Because you've got the chance to have a great time and celebrate and at the same time recognize what's happening. But as parents or as leaders, or you have to teach the children. And that's kind of what our show's about today is teach the children. When you look at the, and we've got, uh, uh, I'm remiss to saying this, two more things actually. <laughs> Number one is we've got uh, three FCA leaders with us today, Fellowship of Christian Athlete Leaders, uh, two amazing youth from high school. If I had uh, been around people like you and I was in high school, perhaps I would have graduated when I was 18 instead of 37. <laughs> and we've got uh, Dave Shiver, who is one of the adult leaders for FCA. So they may or may not chime in, depending upon how the spirit moves. <laughs> uh, but we're glad to have you all. Thank you all for being here. When you look at Christmas, you are surrounded by the pageantry and the lights and the music and the everything's on sale today. And, and it's easy to get lost in what really happened. And I want you to think about that uh, roughly 2,000 years ago, on a very cold night, a woman gave birth in a stable. Um, One of the things that people don't realize is stables back in those days were caves. So Mary essentially gave birth in a cave. And I think we glamorize this by going, oh, well, I'm sure it was nice and had pretty hay and that kind of thing. Okay, animals poop in stables, (laughs) and it's really not a clean place. So when you – and I'm sure most of you have manger scenes in your house. So what's the lesson? What can you teach the children? I want you to think of two things here. Number one is that they were turned away from the end. So from the moment of Christ, he wasn't even born yet, people were already turning their backs on him. I mean, he hasn't even breathed our air yet, and the innkeeper's turning him away. 
And then the second thing I want you to think of is he is the son of God. He is God personified as a human being, and yet he entered the world in the most humble way he possibly could, a stable. And the first people that were told about him was the shepherds. They were the the in the societal order. They were the lowest of the low. If you weren't a shepherd, you didn't hang out with shepherds. They were um, very. I mean, they were dirty just by nature of their jobs. Uh, they tended to have some pretty nasty habits, so to speak. They were the outcasts of society. But the first people that were told that the Son of God was born were the shepherds. Now, what does that represent? That represents that Christ say, Christ came to save the broken and the sinners, not the people who had it all together. If that was the case, he would have gone to the kings and the, the royalty. But no, he came to the lowest of the low, or the angel came to the lowest of the low to remind us that that's who Jesus came to save. Jesus came to save the ones that don't have it together, the broken, uh, the sinners, uh, us. That's who he came to save, not the people that supposedly have it all together. So I would invite you to sit down tonight with your children. I'm sure you've got a manger scene, like I said. And your manger scene probably has Mary and Joseph, the baby Jesus, probably some animals, the shepherds, and then it has wise men. The wise men were the leaders of the day. They were what would correlate to our, I shouldn't say politician, because wise men and politicians kind of don't really go together. But you know, <laughs> But in, you think about this, you've got a manger scene, you've got the elite class, which is the wise men, and you've got the shepherds, which was the lowest of the low, as George said, and they're both kneeling at the Christ child. So explain this to your children. Let them understand what a what an event this was. Let them realize that um, this is not just a um, a pretty Christmas decoration that we put out on the mantle, that this is why Christmas happened. Is, is such a teaching opportunity, and we tend to forget it. You probably have a Christmas tree in your house. Most of us do. And a Christmas tree is what kind of tree, George? It's an evergreen tree. Evergreen tree. Why is that? Uh, an evergreen tree, the definition of an evergreen tree is a tree that never loses its leaves. It never dies. It's always, it's evergreen. Um, what that represents is the eternal life that we have when we come to Christ. When we confess our sins to him and accept him as our savior, we gain that eternal life. We gain those eternal leaves, so to speak. Um, even though our earthly bodies will pass away one day, we have eternity through Christ. And so that the evergreen tree, the Christmas tree came, represents that Christ came to give us that eternal life. So sit down with your children and point to the tree and say, hey, what's at the top? An angel or a star that symbolizes the night that Christ came to earth. You can take a three or four year old and talk about stuff like this, and they'll and they might not quite get the gist of it, but you're planting the seed, and that's what has to be done. Why are there lights on the tree? Christ was the light of the world, and so when you look at a simple Christmas tree, look at the symbolism there, and everything about it screams Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. If we just look at it, and we see in, in our practice, uh, well, in life, we see two different uh, extremes. We see one group of people that Christmas is nothing but Santa Claus. And then we see the other group of people that, oh, the Santa Claus is a myth. Uh, yeah, presents come from mom and dad. Both of you are missing the point. 
You can have the philosophy of Santa Claus. You can have the philosophy of no Santa Claus. It doesn't matter. But you can still teach the children. What's underneath the tree? Presents. And why do we have presents? The other, wise, than, other than to support the economy. <laughs> uh, the wise men brought presents. They brought, uh, and, the, and the gifts themselves were, were fairly symbolic of, you know, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Um, but we give gifts because Jesus was giving gifts. Why were they symbolic? Let's see how good your trivia is. All right. The gold represented the, the royalty the, the royalty of King Jesus. It was it was honoring him as as the son of God and and the and the king of heaven. Um the frankincense and the myrrh were both embalming fluids. They were they were or they were right. embalming perfumes. They were, they were to prepare the dead. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't test my don't test my trivia. <laughs> oh, Bible trivia, please. I can get you on this. Um I'm uh, you know, those of you that have been listening to us, we've been on there for I don't know, eight or nine years. Uh, I'm 64. George is 28. Our daughter's 34. And my wife is, I'm not going to tell you her age because it makes her mad. But anyway, <laughs> when we celebrate Christmas morning, when we get up and have breakfast, neither one of our kids are married, so they still come to the house and parasitically live off us Christmas Day. But the first thing we do Christmas morning is we light a, a candle on a cupcake and sing happy birthday to Jesus because it's his birthday. And I think we tend to get away from... Um, I think people tend to get away from the fact of Christ's birth and because they don't want to, and I'm air quoting, they don't want to spoil Christmas. And that doesn't spoil Christmas. You can teach your children about this and still let them enjoy the Hot Wheels or the the and whatever game they're going to yeah. get. You're not saying to them, hey, presents are bad. You're just saying, this is why you're getting the present. The youth leaders over there to my, my, my young folks just says, when you were coming up for Christmas, did did Christ ever cross your mind or was it just presents? <laughs> yeah, so I was very thankful to grow up in a pretty Christian household. Um I feel like a lot of our FCA leaders, when we give our testimony, we say, you know, growing up I was going to church every Sunday, my parents were telling me about Christ, but um a lot of times in your story it's just I was going to church because my parents were telling me to. And FCA has been a big part for me of really seeing the meaning behind why it's important to go to church every Sunday. Um, so, yes, yeah, shout out to my parents for really showing me and reminding me what Christmas is all about. Um, what about you, Ash? Um, yeah, so we went to Christmas every, I guess, night before Christmas, Christmas Eve. And um, and like I knew why we were there because, yes, it was it was like to – to like, hey, Jesus is born this, on Christmas Day, that kind of stuff. But I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, just, I was just there. I was going through the motions. Like, but my parents did a good job of telling me like the whole reason we went. And I, I think that that's where I mean, like Haley said, I just, we all start out saying like, hey, we went. We were all Christians growing up. Like, we went to church, but we didn't go to church. We weren't. We were physically there, not spiritually there. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a big thing. Yep, we spend fifty weeks a year here at the Journeys Group telling people teach your children about finances, um, and now we're going to spend two weeks saying teach your children about Christ. Uh, let's talk about some other symbols of Christmas. The wreath. The wreath is round, never stopping, never changing, eternal, like the eternal life you have in Christ. The wreaths are typically green and red, green for evergreen, red for the blood that Christ shed for us one day. Uh, if you look at the traditional Christmas uh, decoration, holly, where you've got a sharp pointed leaf 
and three red berries. The three red berries symbolizing the drops of blood that Christ shed and the sharp leaves symbolizing the spikes he was crucified with. Now, you don't have to send a five-year-old down and say, hey, he was crucified. Look at this sharp leaf. I'm not suggesting that. But I am suggesting you go, isn't that pretty? You know, think about the red. The red's what this means. The green is what this means. And don't spend 20 minutes and ruin. I mean, I'm not saying that, but if you do this every year, then the child grows up with an appreciation of what it's all about. When you become an old coot like I am and like Mr. Shiver is over here, um, I remember going to Christmas Eve service with my parents and going, God, is this ever going to get over? <laughs> you know, because the quicker it's over, the quicker you can go home, the quicker you go home, the quicker you can go to bed, the quicker you go to bed, the quicker you get up the next morning. Mm. Now when I go to church, because I'm a little closer to my eternal reward, I suppose, um, it's a spiritual battery charge for me. Mm. I mean, you you remember, you can almost feel how cold it was that night. And you can almost see the shepherds sitting around a fire. And in today's today's world's hard. And when you are coming home from work or you're already home and you're just like, oh, gosh, what a day. That's what the shepherds were doing. And with the flick of a switch, it all changed. At least with our world today, we know that this is a um, short-time here compared to eternity. Mm. Prior to that night in Jerusalem, that was it, man. <laughs> Once you were gone, you know, and in one moment, the sky lit up, the angels sang, and God came to earth. And you can talk to a three or a four year old about this. You got something to say, Dave? I can tell. Mm. I just think it's amazing how God's always pointing back to himself, whether it's the reef, whether it's the, you know, the evergreen tree, everything around us, he's always pointing him, pointing us back to him, right? And the amazing part is, you know, he has a story, you know, from beginning of time, he had a story and he has a way it's going to go and a plan and all that kind of stuff. But the cool thing is that I, I'm always telling them, you know, we get to be part of that plan, right? As a believer in Christ, we get to be part of that plan and just see it going to action and pray for things and and just see um, the amazing stuff that's going on around us. And Christmas is a big part of that. I mean, right from the get-go, Jesus is telling his story right from the get-go. And uh, it's a it's just it's a miracle. And I think you're right. As you get older, the more you appreciate that. You know, as a kid, you know, I was like everybody ready to, Open you know, yeah. yeah. Am I going to get that twenty two or the shotgun this yeah. year or whatever the case but, may be? But, but that's the point I'm trying to make, though, is that is that these are such teach the children moments mm-hmm. because you don't have to uh, take Christmas morning and go into a 45-minute sermon about what's going on. You can say, look at the presents. Do you think this is the kind of stuff baby Jesus got? And it just starts a conversation. And when you start a, you start a child at two or three with this kind of uh, moment, and then as they get older, it can get deeper if it needs to. Yeah. And it's talking about building that relationship, and mm-hmm. this is where you're starting mm-hmm. as a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't build a relationship with somebody that you don't know, right? Yep. And so when he starts pointing to himself, hey, look, this is me. This is me. This is me. This is what I made. 
Now I have an understanding, more of an understanding of who he is. And Tozer does a great job of explaining that to us, but we got to understand that's who our relationship with is. You know, I think that your biggest responsibility as a parent is to introduce your child to that relationship. Without a doubt. And Christmas is the perfect time to do it. Yeah. The children are already excited. Their hearts are already full, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, if you've got a family that has some uh, discord, they probably don't have it around Christmas. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the perfect time to start it. Yeah. And the best thing to do, I mean, when you see a child, uh, to me, a child, a young child that's puzzled about Christ is perfect. Mm-hmm. Because now they're at, they're thinking and they're asking questions, you know. Yeah. Look at Santa Claus. Santa Claus' suit is red and white. Red for the blood of Christ, white for purity. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do when you're standing in line at the mall for your five-year-old to sit in Santa's lap, you can go, why do you think his suit's red and white? And your child may go, oh, it's like a candy cane. Yeah, that's right. And it just leads to talking mm-hmm. about stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a a, a Billy Graham-level sermon. It just has to be 30 seconds with your child going, hey, think about this. Well, it's a good thing because most of us aren't Billy Graham. None of us I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. But, but it's just it, – it's so easy to lose sight of this. Mm-hmm. And it's equally easy to just point it out. And when your child – as your child gets older and they're taught more and more, it's what they expect. Christmas morning, we're going to sing happy birthday to Jesus and wonder what mom and dad are going to talk about Jesus today. Even if they're a little bit disdainful of it, you're still planting that seed. You're not looking for a hallelujah chorus moment. That would be nice, but you're not looking for a hallelujah chorus moment. But you're looking just to plant a seed, teach the children. Yeah, so we're getting ready to do something really cool. We're fixing to have a Christmas party for all our leaders. and uh, But I think the coolest part of that is how they want to integrate worship into that. Right. So when we start to understand some of these things about Christmas and God and all that stuff, it should lead us to worship. And I think it's cool that they're already thinking that. I mean, it's nothing that I've introduced or, hey, we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. They're doing that as a result of. Right. And George knows all about this. And, uh, man, I've been so impressed with George and where he's come up and just how he's grown into his faith and uh he helps us out with youth and does an amazing job, but he's just another example of parents that were willing to show him what Christmas means to, from the get go and that relationship. Well, it's just to me, when you think about Christmas, it's funny. I don't, I, my perspective is not so much the stable. To me, the hallelujah moment was the, the shepherds. Yeah. And, when George was growing up, and more credit to his mom than to me, because she's a much nicer person than I am, as anybody with me or would agree with. But we tried to to get our children to understand um, what a moment that was, that the sky lights up. And I'm not freezing cold anymore sitting around a fire. And for that brief moment, I'm like, wow. And that's what Christmas is. Or, you know, when the, um, I mean, the most unsung hero to me about Christmas is Joseph. I mean, dude, I mean, you know, here you've got a wife that is a virgin but is pregnant. That's hard for me to figure out. And he had one visit from an angel in a dream, and that's all it took. And so when you tell your children stories like this and get them to understand that it doesn't take parting the Red Sea to make a miracle 
it takes faith and belief. Could I, would I have been able to do what he did? Probably not. Cause I think I would have gone, you expect me to believe that. I mean, come on, really? Yeah. But this, the Christmas story is full of small miracles that became a big miracle. And you can take somebody like George or Haley, our student leaders over there and teach them little pieces at a time. And it's like building a Lego model, one brick at a time. And then they reach the point where they're on adults and you can step back and go, that kid turned out good. <laughs> uh, but it's up to us to teach the children. You're leaning back. You have nothing more to say, George? Oh, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm listening. I'm pontificating. I no, no, it's, no, it's, it's all good stuff. I, I have nothing to add to it. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here listening and, um, reflecting on, on, on growing up and, and, uh, kind of the marrying the idea of, Santa Claus and, and presents and Jesus and the, and, and it was more towards Jesus. And now as a full fledged, you know, grown adult, as much as it pains me to say that, um, yeah. that I am an adult, it, um, the, the magic of Christmas is, is not lost on me. Uh, sometimes I tend to forget it in the hustle and bustle of life. But when it, as we get closer to the season, it always, I always get that reminder of, why we celebrate Christmas. And it's not because, and I think the older I get, the more I, the more I come to appreciate that. Um, and again, it all, it all started from being a kid and I'm air quoting now being forced to go to church, so to speak on Christmas Eve. I mean, cause I, you know, as a, as a, a five or a six year old, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't want to go to church on Christmas Eve. I just wanted to stay home and, um, go to bed so I could wake up the next morning and open presents from Santa. But having that foundation was so important now. Uh, and looking back, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so thankful that you and mom, did that for for Casey and I and and it it all led to where we are today and to have that understanding and appreciation of what the Christmas season is is really about. We got a couple minutes left. Let me wrap this up. Parents, the, the we always joke and say, all two of you that are listening to the radio show, um, it, being a parent is hard. Being a teenager in today's world is harder in some circumstances. Life's hard. Ain't no doubt about it. And no one can get through life without help. You have help like George and Dave and your peers that are helping you out. But the biggest help you have is Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go buy it. You don't have to, uh, no coupon. I mean, <laughs> you just got to say, I need some help. As hard as the world is, if you're a parent, you worry about your children and grandchildren growing up. Why in the world wouldn't you take this time of year that is custom made for teaching your children and put that seed in? Uh, one of the comments Ginger, my wife is Ginger, Ginger and I have made, and Jordan and I have had said it too, is that occasionally somebody will say, suppose you're wrong about Christ. Suppose that's just, okay, if we're 100% wrong, then the worst case scenario is it made me try to be a good person. That's okay. If I'm wrong, I would still try to be a good person. Yeah. But what if I'm right? <laughs> what if I'm right? And what if you're wrong? So Christmas time, joyous time of year, family time of year, opportunities everywhere to teach your children. And it's, expected of you by christ it's expected of you by 
society, whether you realize it or not. Um, when you're in the hospital and the doctor says you've got a son or a daughter, tremendous responsibility start that day. But what better way to have a good time and to celebrate Christmas than to teach the children? While we sing carols, George. Because the uh, heavenly host was singing after they came and announced, the, after the angels came and told the shepherds uh, that Jesus was born, the heavenly host came and started singing. They kind of set the, everything that we do at Christmas time, the angels kind of set the example for us on that night. I'm going to trip you up for sure now. Okay. Why was there a cow in the stable? Why was there? Because that's where the cow lived. Damn. They they invaded, they invaded the cow's home. I, I don't. I mean, why, why? Where else was the cow supposed to go? Well, I mean, but I mean, yeah, yeah the cow, never, because the cow got turned away from the inn. Uh, yeah, I never thought about that. That's, that's did very, the cow ever ask to go? That's to very, the inn? I'm gonna tell you something. That's very moving. Oh, um, we, we that's, need to, that, that's, that, the way, uh, that's the way I heard it. Too. That was <laughs> that was <is> terrible. No <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is terrible. Time's up, right? Time's, it's got to be done. Look, look, I have witnessed, and here it is. <laughs> All right, so wrapping it up. So, guys, we hope you have a fantastic Christmas. We hope that you have the joy and the magic and the the battery charge that only relationship with Christ can can bring you. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, call us, 252-304-1019. It ain't that hard. It's life-changing. It's eternity-changing. As you celebrate the holidays, remember what it's all about and teach the children. This is Tommy Pate. And this is George Pate. Taking Taking care care of business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and prospectus for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC-registered investment advisor.